1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first
2: three orders while supplies last.
1: Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
3: Justin Rogers of the Detroit News. We appreciate you joining our program. Chrisello, Tony Gwyn here. And Justin, thanks for joining us out in San Diego. How are I mean, I don't even know how to ask. Are things in Detroit? How do you, how do you kind of couch everything that's gone on? I mean, uh, the Wolverines win the national championship. Now the Lions are doing things that haven't happened in many people's lifetimes.
1: Hey, look! This is a great sports town. It has had a lot of down years with all four pro sports teams being uh, in, in the dumps for quite a while. Uh, so they are they are reveling in the moment, if you will.
2: Justin, I I couldn't help but notice after Detroit wins that game, they're panning through the stands. And, I mean, you see tears coming down people's face. Just explain to the folks out here who may not be familiar with how deep the Detroit Lion fan goes in terms of not seeing something that they saw this weekend. Yeah, look,
1: sports in the Midwest is—it's the fandom is on a different level.
2: It just is out here,
1: and it's not just a Detroit thing, but Detroit certainly falls into that picture. The people uh, are, are head over heels in with their their sports teams. There's a reason we are able to support four professional teams and two major universities and support them at a high degree, high level. And the Lions have been awful for a long time. We know the NFL's gang no. Know that. Uh, you know, people can get over uh, struggles because it's easy to kind of reset each off season. you only have to commit to 16 or now 17 games during a, the course of the year. But um, for as, as bad as the lines have been, the, those stands have always been filled, even during the majority of that 0 oh, and 16 season now, what, uh, 16, 17 years ago. And so all that patience, all that waiting, I I compared a lot to the Chicago Cubs, you know, mm-hmm. just it's finally their turn. Um, you know, and it, maybe it doesn't maybe this is the end of the line. Maybe it doesn't amount to a Super Bowl appearance the first in the franchise history, but um they had to wait 30 plus years for a division title. They had to wait a little bit longer than that for their last playoff when they've won one playoff game since their last championship in 1957 before this year. So there's just so much pent up uh I mean, a a mix of rage and frustration (laughs) and excitement that's all just kind of coming out in in one uh, bowl of tears, apparently.
3: <laughs> well, I'd be honest. You know, without a without a horse in the race, it's really exciting to see it. I, I think a lot of people love this story, and I, and I think you know. Sorry, our our resident producer who is from San Francisco. He's you're going to be on the other side of the this weekend. A lot of people are going to root for the Lions. They're going to root for the underdog story, the Cinderella. They love this story. Uh, Justin, why was Dan Campbell able to do what no one before him could do?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, and I I think. It really starts with ownership, you know, and, and everybody kind of, at least in this area, knows the the ownership story here with the Ford family uh, purchasing the team in 63 and it started with the father, went to the mother when the father passed and the mother, um, you know, handed the reins to the daughter during during the COVID era. And, um, you know, she's kind of reimagined how the organization should run and and really kind of brought all the departments, both football and non-football, together with one vision. And then that led to the hiring of, of two people, one Brad Holmes, who they poached from uh, the Los Angeles Rams, their college scouting director to serve as GM and and Campbell as, as coach. And those two made independently, they didn't uh, hire one before the other and let them have a say. They were decided by and a small council they had. And both of them have played a, a really key role in, in the, the formation of success with Holmes you know, again, college scouting director, that's his expertise. That's where you win in the NFL long-term is if you can draft successfully year after year after year. And they've built this great foundation through the draft with, you know, guys that are now appearing on all pro teams and Amon Ross St. Brown and Panay Sewell, and then contributors top to bottom. The depth of this roster is as good as it's ever been. And then Campbell is the the motivator, right? I know he gets a lot of um, like play for his sound bites and some of them can be uh, corny and you know, but I think Hard Knocks really gave people this um, view into the window of how consistently he can tap into the emotion of the guys. And look, he's he's savvy too. He knows his football. He knows his X's and O's. He's put good people around him. They have built a staff full of former players that um, you know connect with a different level with the roster as it currently is because they've been there and they speak from a point of experience. And so the whole thing is just kind of. Come together with with talent, with motivation, with character, um, and it's it really has been you know something kind of storybook and, and magical to
2: it. Justin Rogers joins us here, Detroit News, and Justin, all that's tied up in a in a nice bow with, with golf, and, and he comes from a, a Rams or a situation that got, he once got to a Super Bowl, and didn't seem like his confidence got shattered. And then you mentioned you know a hard knocks kind of giving you a peek inside the window. You could see Dan Campbell kind of building his confidence back up and he's rewarded him by by playing well enough to get this team to a an, an NFC championship. Just talk about his growth even in a, in a Lions uniform since he's been there. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you
0: and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
1: get two Pro Bowls, you lead your team to the and um, you play through an injury in the playoffs and they unceremoniously dump you for a, a much older quarterback, maybe a, a quarterback with better arm talent, but um, you know, a guy that hasn't accomplished that kind of team success and it's got back injuries. And it's just, it, to me, it's the equivalent of, of being dumped by a long-term girlfriend. Mm. I mean, just absolute gut punch and you get shipped to Detroit and, and like nothing against the city, but the team at that time, right? Like they're they're going through their own transition. They're uh, starting with over with a new head coach, a new teacher, and You know it's going to be a rebuild, and it's going to go all the way down to the, the the depths. And so you're already dealing with some of professional and personal depression because yeah. you're you got dumped, as I said, and now you're coming to a situation. It's going to be ugly. I mean, I remember watching training camp that that first year and the offensive pieces were just bad and they couldn't execute it all in training camp. And I remember turned to a colleague and I said, look, this, this might be the worst offense in the NFL. Like it's going to be bad. Um, you know, they started to find a little bit of a groove at the the second half of that season. Amon Ross St. Brown's emergence really helped claiming Josh Reynolds, his former wide receiver from LA certainly built some confidence, but the big turning point for Jared Goff, I think, Uh, on top of, you know, getting him some more weapons that second season was the promotion of Ben Johnson as offensive coordinator. And look at that guy was unproven. He was a position coach. A lot of people had a lot of great things to say about his mind, but um, I don't know if anybody could have really predicted that the offense would go from that one of the worst in the NFL to suddenly a top five producing offense. And not only that, they've done it now two seasons in a row. It's got a great offensive line. Goff is executing really, really well in the system and you know, really starting that second year, you could tell, you could feel his embrace of the city, his embrace of the team. The team did everything to make him feel like he had ownership of the offense. He was the face of the franchise, and it, it's all coming to fruition. And in a way that the level he's played yeah. the last two seasons is equal to or better than the two Pro Bowl seasons he had in Los Angeles.
3: Justin Rogers from the Detroit News uh, talking about the great uh, NFL story that is the Detroit Lions in their first NFC championship game since 1991. uh, You got to go back to 1957. My goodness, the last time Detroit won an NFL title. That's before all of our time. Uh, But. There was a couple of old-timers like in the stands yesterday. They showed them guys who had season tickets from that team. I mean, it really is exciting. If they go to the Super Bowl, what level is that city going to be able to get to? I, I, I recall as a Padre fan how crazy it got in 1984 when the Tigers beat the Padres to win a World Series. Lions going to a Super Bowl, they might, they might turn that whole city upside down.
1: Well, they spent all that time building it up. It's actually quite nice now. So oh, hopefully they don't uh, <laughs> tear down the, the, the rebuild that this uh, this city's experienced in the last two two decades. But uh, it's really difficult to imagine where the frenzy goes from here. Um, you know, you start thinking about you know I have covered a few Super Bowls, and you you start thinking about just covering the 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 Super Bowl frenzy that that goes on. And then uh, you know if if for whatever reason they can, you know, pull off two upsets here and, and knock off San Francisco. And then, you know, whether it's the, the chiefs or the Ravens, you know, knock them off. Like you start thinking about what a parade looks like. And it's, it's just, <laughs> it's, it seems, you know, it's gone from the impossible to the improbable to the, uh, maybe <laughs>
2: yeah, like, right.
1: and so, um, it's, it's, it's been fun to cover. I mean, from somebody that's been around this team in in some ways, my entire life living in Michigan, but, uh, you know, on the professional side of it for more than a decade here. It's it's just been uh, a remarkable turn right three years under Campbell and Holmes.
3: Well, congrats, congratulations to all the fans in Detroit. I mean, this is something. I mean, we never had our parade in San Diego. We're still looking for one, and we're down to the Padres, you know, hopefully to get us one, but – it would really be something, I mean, because this has really been one of the yeah. the real bottom-of-the-barrel franchises in all of sports. And to see them having this kind of fun, it's kind of fun to watch. Uh, enjoyed uh, the input, Justin. Thanks for the stories. And uh, have a nice trip this weekend to San Francisco. Appreciate the time.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.